Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shank needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2006, the 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. Round 10 in the books. Round 11 coming up. But uh, more than on-field, there is a lot of off-field discussion to be had because... Uh, I'm here with Asterix the Gaul. I'm here with Keys. It's Honey Badger 35, and we won't waste too much time. We will get into it. This has been one of the most eventful weeks off field for the Eagles for quite some time, and uh, rarely do we make off field news for a, for a good reason. I suppose a few AFL clubs do these days, but certainly a little bit of chaos in West Coast Eagles land, and, and a little bit of an unfamiliar feeling amongst the fans and in the media. A few little creaks and leaks and cracks and things starting to come out. So. We'll lead things off with a bit of footy, but we will get into the big stories uh, very, very shortly. Leading things off, West Coast Eagles, four goals, two, 26, were defeated by Hawthorne, 21-10, Asterix, we kicked the first goal of the game, which to my count means we pretty much just got run out of the building 142-20 to 20 after the first, what, two, three minutes of the game. This, to me, is the worst loss in Eagles history. I know it's probably not by margin and it's, you know, it's not, it didn't, didn't end our grand final run or our finals push or anything, but... Given the context, my God, 17th versus 18th, and we look like we shouldn't even be in the same league as the only team that was below us. You summed it up. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know how many of them had the flu. Um, didn't like Simo coming after the game and lambasting them and saying, oh, but not the young guys. And basically it was a lot of the young guys. Uh, anyway, what can I say? It was just a, it was a shit game. And it's, it summarises exactly where we're at. And um, own it. That's all I can say. And I don't think it's a lack of effort. They don't believe in Simpson's game plan. They don't trust each other. They don't know whether they're guarding grass or they're playing the key position, uh, the positions they're meant to be holding. Um, two of them are going to tackle the one person that's got the ball. They think they're trying to be tough and over overcompensating on that. It's a mixture of that. And some of them are still um, corralling. So I, I'm, I just think our whole game plan is so screwed up. It's not believed. It's not trusted. And there's obviously disconnections in the coach box as well as on the field. They should uh, be comment, able to do better than that. Comment coming through from Avishka saying that uh, we might have only lost by 80. Only, he says, if Keyes had shotgunned that beer last week like we, uh, like we hoped. But Keyes... <laughs> shotgunning beers aside, talking about the game plan, talking about the style and, and the belief or effort lack thereof, we obviously know where the club's at by way of availability. Now, with that said, there were some guys there that can play a game that is better than a 20-goal loss to the worst team in football or, you know, apparently the only other team in football that was a chance. Clearly, it's us now. Now, with that said, the start of the game, Jermaine Jones kicks a nice goal in the first three or four minutes, something like that. And uh, from then on, it is just an absolute avalanche. Seven goals, one to two goals straight at quarter time. Couldn't even hit the customary two goals, three fifteen at quarter time this week. And that's against the Hawks in Tassie. So, I mean, we've seen in the past a nice quarter, a nice two, good intentions. And then the game slips away from us and we try and get it back. This didn't even have that first quarter. This didn't even have that moment of intensity. And all right, we're up for this. The game was in serious jeopardy 10, 15 minutes in. I mean, how, how do you even sum it up? Yeah, I don't know. I think we had probably four or five guys at least that shouldn't have been out there. I don't think they were ready. I think Chester and Vazo and Harry Edwards and Noah Long were sort of brought back in the side kind of out of necessity because we needed warm bodies and that was all we had. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think the, the game plan I think we saw early in the year was sort of working and there was signs in earlier games that it was something to work with. Um, for whatever reason, that, that didn't happen. I mean, we, we lost the sort of attacking, some of the dare to sort of go back through the corridor and move the ball on quickly. That just disappeared. There was none of that. Um, I don't know if that's a confidence thing or... Um, yeah, you know, just you know, is it losing faith or is it just not having the not having the confidence in themselves to take it, take the risk or whatever? I don't know, but it was just yeah, it's a day that you know we'd be best to forget about, and hopefully it's sort of one that 
We, um, you know, is in the rear vision mirror and we don't see it again. Um, not to that, not not to that extent. I think if it was if it was Collingwood, you you wouldn't have liked it, but you could turn around and go, well, yeah, at least it was the top side. The fact that it was the side that was 18th going in, yeah, I don't know. It's well, uh, I got good news for you because we'll get to see what Collingwood get to do to this mob next week. So. Yeah, um, I think yeah. there was. I, I I think there may have been. Um, some players that were affected by the flu as well. Whether, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that the, if, if there was, I'm glad that the club didn't sort of come out and say that. They didn't sort of use that as an excuse to say, oh, this is part of the reason why we sucked. Um, but, yeah, we've got we've got so much work to do um, that it's just not going to be – it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be a quick fix. Um, you know, we're probably going to – we just got to – I said it a couple of weeks ago. It's just white knuckling to the end of the season. Just ride, ride through this, and you know, go through to the draft, and hopefully we can get a. You know, we've got we've got a good draft hand. Hopefully we can do the best with that out of with what we've got when the time comes. Um, and then yeah, that's it. There's really you know, the rest of the season is just going to be looking at seeing. Hopefully we can get some of these young guys through and and see um, see what they've got to offer and. Um, you know, maybe you know some of the cavalry come back in the second half of the year, and those older guys can give us something for their contracts and um, play up to them. I mean, if you look, Asterix, you look at the uh, breakdown. I suppose we, we were younger than the Hawks, which you wouldn't really pick. You know, coming in, we were, I think this is now this has gone up since I saw it last, so it must include the sub. We were at twenty four years average age. We were down in the twenty three years and. and some amount, so obviously that's taken Clark into account. 62 games experience compared to the Hawks, 66. This is a club that has been one version of the blueprint, i.e. gut it, trade pretty much everything that you can. They've still got Bruce, but apart from that, they've traded anybody that was, you know, they could get anything for. Our model has obviously been different, backing in the older guys. We didn't have a lot of them available to us through injury, but that's the risk. I suppose the sole benefit of a season like this and it is an absolute dog shit season I wouldn't blame anybody for jumping off getting sick of it sack the board sack the coach whatever we are getting an extended look at some of these guys now the worrying sign for me Asterix and and you've been across this for a lot longer than I have by way of the draft the depth is just simply not there because we are being forced to play the depth guys and I know that a team full of depth guys is usually going to lose out to even one of the lower sides in in the AFL at, at a better you know picture of health but this is the Hawks, man. They're, they're 18th coming in. Uh, what are they rocketed all the way up to 16th now by virtue of a big win? Our depth should be able to hang tough to the tune of a 40-point loss or a 50-point loss or a 10-goal loss, a fucking 20-goal loss because of who we've got out and who we've got available. It doesn't paint a good picture for a lot of these guys trying to re-up and, and get a new contract next year. No, it doesn't. One of the things the Hawks have done with their recruiting is they've gone for players that can win one-on-one contests and we've gone for the nice athletic schoolboy good finishing the chesses um yeah that's yeah i don't i don't really i, I like some of the recruiting that um o'brien's done in the last two years but we still don't have many ball absolute winners so we've got parts with Cully and with, with Jinby that will at least be in there sticking hard tackles, but they're still not winning one-on-one contests. So you look at what Raul did to us against um, when we played the, the, the Suns. Mm-hmm. He was just running away from the contest. Who do we have like that? Um, we've got three people that can leave the contest that win their first ball. And I'm not talking about the, the Gaffs and the Kelly that get given the ball. Those that can win their own ball are Shuey, Yo and Nat yep. Nui. That's it. Uh, and um, the, the pieman just doesn't value that particular aspect. Otherwise, he would have picked um, Pal Pepper instead of Venables. Do you think that's turning, though, with the acquisitions of Cully and Jinby and these sorts of guys? Or no, just... they're tough inside mids, but they're still not pre- predominantly not winning the one-on-one contests. That's what mm-hmm. we're lacking, though, those players that can consistently do it. Now, when you've got other players like you know Clark, um, West, um, Sheed, Exxon, Kelly, Gaff, none of those win their own ball and win one-on-one contests consistently. So 
we're we're turning up to the party with one hand in our round our back and uh, behind our back and the other on the old fella trying to wonder why we're not winning. It's embarrassing. So yeah, we need we need to start picking a couple of these guys. And the good news is we've got a number in this year's draft that we can be going for. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll uh, get the to the mid-season Nat, draft Nat, later on in the show as yeah, well, which is exciting. But Nat, Nat Nui really did paper over a lot of our cracks for a number of years, and we looked a lot better than we actually were on one-on-one contests. Um, contests. Yeah, when you've got your Ruckman as the, I think he was top five, and admittedly 2020, shortened quarters, sort of suits Nat Nui's game style a little bit, I understand, but he was top five in the league in clearances that year from the Ruck position. You know, he was the one-man wrecking crew in there and, and, and paper over the cracks is right. Keys watching a game like that and, and having a look, I mean... Who do you look at that side and you go, because let's assume, and my God, I hope it is really, let's assume that's our lowest point. It might stay pretty low for a while, but at some point it'll turn. Let's assume that we go, that was the point. That was Melbourne's 200 points at Geelong sort of day. Who do you look at and you go, in this side, in X number of years when we're climbing up again, maybe not winning the flag and you know championing the league or anything, but just climbing back up and being a week-in, week-out presence. Who do you look at on that side on the weekend and say they're going to be there? Because for me, it's Kelly, it's Allen. I still like Hoff. It's a shame what happened to Jermaine Jones, but I think he could be an interesting piece at some stage, even if it's a depth piece down the line. Bailey Williams did himself no disservice. I thought he battled pretty hard. And Noah Long looks really clean. But beyond that, my God, there wasn't a lot on, on the weekend where I'm thinking, oh, well, at least we get this guy for the next five years. Yeah, some of the guys, I think... Um... I like wrong. Hmm. Um, I worry about Harry Edwards. Um, he just doesn't quite seem to have it as a one-on-one defense. I thought he might be all right, but he's sort of slipping away. Um, yeah, Hoff, Bazo. Um, there's a lot of guys that won't be in that side after this year, and then a few more that won't. You know, the contracts will keep them there for next year and then they'll be gone as well. So, mm. I mean, without going through the names, I would have thought there's probably 12 to 15 guys that won't be there beyond the end of next year. Um, maybe we more. Were, we were talking on the weekend and I think we got to eight without breaking a sweat. That fact is in a Hearn and a Shuey retirement. We got to eight without even trying. And then from there, if mm. you that, that's not even making a tough decision on the patches or paying out a guy who's still got one year left, one year left to run on his deal or anything like that. There's going to be some changes and there were changes last year, obviously, but uh, definitely something on the horizon. I, I mean, look, we're almost done talking about the Hawks game because it was such a non-event from an Eagles point of view. It was, fingers crossed, as I say, it's rock bottom, but it, there is nothing to unpack. We are so far off the pace. It's not even, you send the Auskick kids out there as well, and what can you do? You know, buy them a fucking killer python and set, set them up next weekend. We'll see what happens. Any badger? Yeah. we got a 200 kilogram fat-ass person that's died of a heart attack, and yet we're trying to be the coroner saying, I wonder why he died. Now let's get on with it. It's pretty <laughs> bloody obvious. That's Beautiful. why we lost the game. Well, let's get into the... Uh... The broader picture, and it's certainly been, you know, public topic number one in the media this week. That's the state of the club. That's the boardroom struggles. That's the coach that's being sent on holiday, but not sent on holiday. And should they back him in or should they sack him or what's the go there? Asterix, this for me is the first time in a long time. Obviously, we know the Eagles had some pretty turbulent off-field times a couple of decades ago, but... uh, this for me is the first time in a long time we've had the the board fracture become public. This is the first time we've had the Vic clubs love this shit. You know, we've got all oh, the this side of the board wants to sack this guy, this side wants the CEO kept. We've stayed relatively clean of this shit for a while, but it's starting to creep out now. And a story today, Asterix, about you know the, some of the board want Nizzy gone. He might be gone by the end of next year. Where are we at? What do you make of all of this? Because it is very un Eagles like. They've they've definitely sort of kept themselves away from this stuff until now. A few things. Firstly, Nizzy is not really accountable to the board because he sits on the board and he's elected half of his mate half of the board have been put on by him i did go through to um wayne martin who's the chair of the wa football commission he responded to me in a couple of issues and wrote a very nice note but it was justifying what they've done and saying there are checks and balances and yeah nizzy's been there too long 
In 20 bloody years, he's been there too long. He, he wanted to stay post the drug saga and clean that up. He has done. Now, from the insides I'm getting, he's trying to control the organisation too much. He's moved out the people that can stand up to him, except for Simo. We've got Gavin Bell, nice guy. He's not up to the standard of a football operations manager that you've got elsewhere like a Todd Viney. You're looking, who is our list manager? I don't even know if we've got a list manager. Last thing I knew, the pieman was acting list manager and recruitment manager which should be two different roles that um, give you the checks and balances at the draft time. Um, there is... Dwayne, Dwayne Massey's recruiting manager now. So I think O'Brien's just list manager. Yeah, and so how good is it having a list manager not in the same city as where most of the players are? So you're meant to be having these discussions with their mate. Yeah, he comes over occasionally, but for the last three years he's been doing that when the borders were shut. So he's not really in tune with the players and uh, it shows. Look, I, I actually don't mind where the list is at. We tried with Kelly to go for another premiership. Yep, all in. I don't mind that. I'd rather have given it, put it all in and failed and then say, right, we've got to go and restock again. I'm not that worried about it. Um, just accept it and get on with it. But to hear the bullshit from Gibbs and then Fitzpatrick at the back end of last year saying, and I think their term was a quick bounce. You'll see us back up and we'll be in finals contention this year. And then you hear the bullshit that came from Simpson that said, oh, yeah, we spoke two years ago and realised our list was in trouble and we needed to do stuff. Come on, which one is it? So I, I'm not, a, not at all happy. Nizzy, King Nizzy the first, piss off. Queen Elizabeth, she had a time. She overstayed her welcome. And what's left, you've then got, you know, Charles there. I thought Vozzo was meant to be our new CEO. And then he got he got sick of whatever Nizzy was doing, got put to one side, was struggling with some of the issues that were going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's I just all oh, so far off Nisbet. He's had his time. Keys, we've talked in the past about a little bit of movement in the board or at that higher up exec level. Obviously, there's media pressure on Simo, and that's fair enough. You look at the record. I mean, we've discussed in the past, I'm a Simo guy, but at a certain point, the rubber meets the road, coach has to wear it. I get that. That's the game. There has been a lot of talk this week about Simo, and obviously, fairly enough. I think that's only going to ramp up more and more. The, oh, I don't know if it was a leak, if you call it a leak, or anyway, there was an article about Nizzy being moved on, Keys, by the end of next year. We've talked in the past about somebody doing like a year to learn the role and sort of like an understudy year and then he'll move on after that is this something you think is seriously on the cards is this just response to outside pressure they don't really seem to respond to outside pressure too much but this week there's been a few little hints that they're aware of it they're keeping tabs on it and they're actually firing back yeah it's all a bit it, it's funny i mean the, the club's usually been pretty tight with their information but there's stuff that's clearly getting out and i think there's it would appear, it would appear there's agendas from people that aren't happy with what's going on that are, that are leaking or putting it. Personally, I think the Simpson's not the problem with the club. No, I think he's he's the one that's he's the one that's wearing a shit sandwich. But I don't think he's he's the issue. I mean, I don't know if he gets renewed beyond twenty twenty five or not. I don't know. Oh, that's that's the fact. <laughs> but you got to at the moment. I think I think he's doing a hell of a lot to hold things together. Um, from what I understand, and I'm not close to the inside of the club or anything like that. I think the the players are generally behind Simo. Um, but there's you know that that story with the three months last night was just all kind of a bit bizarre. I heard Simpson on six PR tonight, basically straight. That was a load of shit. I think if you listen to Simpson over the last few months and things like that. Generally speaking, I think most of the times he's been pretty upfront. If you if you're not sure if something's true or not, I think if you listen to what Simpson says, that's probably closer to the truth than what you're hearing from um, from the board and Fitzpatrick and things like that. I mean, I don't know, I don't know Paul Fitzpatrick all that well. He did the interviews beginning of the week to try and smooth things over and stuff like that. Mm. I think um, problem with it. He seems like a pretty laid back sort of guy when he speaks. I mean, I was just when I watched that interview with Ryan Daniels, I was just picturing a beard on him, and he looked like Chong from Cheech and Chong up in smoke. <laughs> what do you have? This is the deep um, analysis he, you don't he, get on Fox Footy. Um, he kind of taught you, he sort of laid back on that chair with his legs crossed. He goes, it's all good, man. Um, so he's not, he's not, he didn't come across as, I, I think. Some of what he said was fine, but the way he sort of put the way he put it across was kind of like really. And then he, yeah, and they had I, was it in that? Yeah, you know, he talked about the people on the plane clapping and cheering and singing a song, which 
I can kind of understand, understand why the people on the plane might have done it to try and show their support to the players and things like that. But that's probably something that should have stayed on the plane and not, you know, using 40 people on the plane, singing a song as some sort of sign of support for the club is, is probably pretty piss weak. Um, so, I, and I think, yeah, I mean, he said, you know, with a full list and everything like that, we might have pushed for the eight. I think there's, if everything went right, maybe, but we had to have everything go right. And I don't know if we have the things in place for that to have, to, to, to make sure that happened. Mm. Um, so. And also, if everything goes uh, right, you win the flag. Yeah. That's one thing. If everything goes right, the, you make the eight. The, it's a the, very different the, thing. The, the way it's going, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this week or next week or, you know, it might be three or four weeks' time, but we're going to have, we're going to have some more, like, pretty brutal losses mm-hmm. between now and the end of the season. And I think, um, with that, something's end up. Something's going to give because mm. I don't think um, uh, I, I don't think we can just write it out and just say, "Look, everything's fine. Nothing needs to change." Because we've made we, we've made um, some changes around the edges. Like we've made one or two changes to strength and conditioning. Um, we brought in a couple of new development coach people. We brought in a club psychologist. Um, new dietitian we sort of fiddled around the edges but i think the reality is that um i don't think the media and i don't think the support base are going to give up until mm. one or both of simpson and nisbet are gone and i think if you look at it just purely from the outside thing i think nisbet we don't have nisbet's not subject to the soft cap so moving him on doesn't hurt the football department and i think it gives i think it gives the entire club a chance to to come out from under his Thumb and get some new life breathe, breathing breathe what I don't know what the fucking word that is. Um, Catch your breath. Yeah, yeah, you know, and just see and, and get. I think sometimes I reckon you can when there's a problem and the problem is because what we've got. I re- I think the people in the club are probably thinking that they're working as hard as they can to find the solutions, and they probably are. I reckon they are working. All, I reckon they would all be working really hard. The problem is with a big problem and you've something that you've been looking at for a few years in a row now mm. is you're so close to the problem that, that often the obvious answers you don't see. That someone coming in with a fresh set of eyes can just turn around and go, you know, these things here, these are these are issues, you need to clean these up. Um, and I think if you move, if you were to move Nisbet on, you get someone new in with some new ideas and some fresh energy um, and maybe the people that, uh, that are good people within the club that are maybe not not have been afraid to maybe speak up or have had their had good ideas squashed because they don't they don't align with what Nisbet thinks. Some of those people get a chance to to have their thoughts heard and and move on. So um, I, I think that's I think that's probably where we need to to go. And it might be changing CEOs mid year might be pretty difficult because um, mm, yeah yeah you know, no, why why I, well I. I I'm just saying maybe. I think maybe. Well, is there a natural own. successor? I mean, we're all saying you'd want someone yeah, outside the building. So it is, a, it is a prime job. Go and start advertising it for oh. now. Send, send Nizzy, King Nizzy on his first of his yeah. long service leave. But yeah. you need a circuit breaker. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I just I just sort of think, well, do you find do you find the best people mid season? I, I'm maybe you do. I don't know. But, but, but this is a CEO. You know, yeah. So yeah, you know, and maybe we need a you know we've got someone like uh, Rowan Jones on the board who could act as interim CEO while we find a, a new person just to hold the rudder for a little bit. Um, but I think the the best thing forward, <laughs> Tim Jeff. Yeah, I think he he he. He, he needs to go. I think he's... But, Keith, I'll just give you a simple ex- example. With the first year that Venables was playing, what was that, 2016 or 17, I was at the corporate box at East Perth with Stephen Smythe and a couple of the directors, and they were moaning and bitching about the hard hand of Nisbet. Now, I'm hearing from Claremont and a couple of other places that Nizzy came in really hard with the Eagles in the waffle. Now, something's got to give. It's not working. I talked to Wayne Bradshaw, and he was saying, John, um, what's his name? He was saying, with regard to the... The alignment, um, as soon as you get injuries, because we don't have the reserves, we don't have the Colts that then come up and give you that strength, it's mm. gonna it's gonna fall down badly. So from that perspective, something's gotta give. 
we're, we're weak because the Waffle Clubs don't want to let us win a flag. Fair enough. So why don't we just agree and say, you know what, West Coast Eagles, we'll play the Waffle, but we don't play finals. I've not, I have say this, it, someone who's more plugged in than me, Asterix, tell me why this isn't the arrangement. Because I don't care if we don't win a flag because, and they don't want us because to. Because so Nizzy has got this arrogance. But the issue is, Waffle, if we finish it before the finals, we've got two mm. to three weeks if we're on the way. It's very nice to have the players playing. Sure, but yeah, yeah. So, as I say, something's got to give. You're not going to have the AFL while they're going to be funding still the whole bunch of expansion clubs, the non-viable clubs in Melbourne and then Tasmania. They're not right. going to fund a, a reserves. So we've got to work with, with the Waffle as we can because they're not going to, that's quite expensive to fly all of the other clubs over to join in the VFL or what would affect be your reserves. So why not let us have a decent number of players so that we can have a good, strong team and we don't play finals? And the compromise is if we're in finals, and we're not going to be for the next two to five years, probably, um, no. the compromise is the last two or three weeks of finals, if you had been in your waffle team in the going for the grand final, you had a chance to play them and keep the match ready. But as Simo says to us, oh, no, waffle doesn't get the match fit. We, just get, we can do the equivalency for our match simulation. Well, we'll circle back to that with some of the ins and outs as we get sort of later on uh, in the show. And we look at the Essendon game for sure. But, I mean, while we're talking state of the club, I'm, I'm sure we've all got uh, thoughts. I, 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 I'm uh, reluctant to say any final thoughts because we might be here for the next four and a half weeks. But uh, do we have it? I mean, look, people want movement. Some people want the coach. Some people want it at a higher level. I understand that. What asterisks do you think the Eagles fan, just your just your punter on the street, can actually look for in the back half of the season, given that we largely know what we're going to get on field. We've got minimal say in what happens off field. How do you how do you make peace with that? How do you get through the next two to three months as an Eagles fan? What's keeping you invested in this group? Um, I'd like a bit of honesty coming out of the, the statements as to why they're playing what players and trying to actually work out what positions people are going to be best at give the opportunity and you know whether it's Jack Williams isn't ready yet but I'll use him as an example he's going to have four weeks playing center playing full forward and we're going to give Jack that opportunity to play four weeks at at center half forward and by the way Jamison you're not a ruck you're you're not a forward and we're going to play you at full back so you can play on the two king boys you can play on the Hawkins you can play on the Mackays you're 200 centimeters you've got you've got decent closing speed you've got decent agility and if we come up with a game plan like that, great. And then my dream, just Nizzy turns around and says, look, it's been a wonderful career. I'll be leaving. Um, I'm going to be taking two lots of sabbatical leave and then some long service leave. And during that time, we're going to find ourselves a new CEO. And you can Case put the commercial or the finance manager in, in charge of it. Hmm. Case for yourself. What, what, what's the message to just the, the punter? What, what keeps us turning up, keeps us tuning in? Um, I think just... To hope that the players do what they were doing earlier in the season, and that's mm. playing with a bit of effort and showing some some signs that look, there's there's something there they're putting in. Um, I sort of echo a little bit what Asterix said. I'd like to see a few different things getting tried just just to see um, that. Um, the interview with Simon Six BR, um, Adam Papalia asked him about you know do we. Maybe try Barris forward or something like that, and he said, "Well, mm. you know, maybe that's something we, we look at. You know, we're having trouble. We don't have a lot of true forwards at the moment, so he might try Barras forward. I don't think this week's the week to do it because we need him down back with with Edwards out. We don't have a lot of key defenders down there. Um, Astrid might not be happy with this, but he said, you know, maybe trying Williams spend more time forward and give Jamo a bit more time in the ruck, which that's I think, fine. you know." Um, but Learn yeah, about I, your list. Yeah, information yeah, is good. It doesn't matter if it's, you, you know, you find out something's where, bad, that's still useful. Yeah, just throw guys in different positions and just see how they respond and see what they can do. I mean, they've used, you know, O'Neill's been played as a tagger a little bit with uh, a modicum of success. I'd like, you know, there's things like when we get some of these guys back, mm. you know, if, when, whatever, um, I'd like to see a little bit, it's hard to get selection integrity at the moment because we've got 25 to 26 to pick from. But a lot, if we blow that out, you know, we had, I counted up tonight, I think we got outside the 22, we had 10 players that can play. So we had 32 to pick from this week. Now, that includes Dua and Baker and Barnett and Jack Williams who aren't ready. But we've got 32 to pick from. In the next three to four weeks, That if we don't get any more injuries, 
that might ah. balloon out to that might balloon out to thirty five or maybe thirty six perhaps. And if we get to that, then I'd like to see some genuine pressure put on the likes of of Andrew Gaff as an example, as someone who's showed some different things early in the year, but he f- fell away and he was he was really bad against Hawthorne. And you know, there's some Fox Footy and media and things like that that have sort of highlighted how bad he was. Mm. Um, and I think out of all the players on our list, he's the one that's struggling most. To adjust to the to the game plan change from a sort of kick mark to a play on and move the ball on quickly, he's still looking sideways and coming back off the mark. Um, and I think it was I can't remember it was the second quarter I think where he got the ball. Yeah, um, it was, might have been late and, in the first. And sort of but yeah, turned and wheeled onto his left and chucked it forward, but he stopped and then did a half ass kick across the ground. Um, so I think you, you know, case, you turn case. Around, you talk about yep. selection integrity. Gaff's been doing that for three years. Sheed's been kicking around the corners for three years. Barras has been doing his one-step kick that is very, very dubious and, and is unsuccessful. There doesn't seem to be implications or hasn't been any implications for those players for the last three years. So I think you talk about selection integrity and I don't think there's consequences for the crap stuff that people do. Well, and uh, but but again, that's something that you know you say. Well, what you see in the back half of the year, stuff like that. You know, you want to say, well, you're if you're not going to commit to the game plan, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna play you, and you're gonna play in the waffle. So, um, you, it, it's sort of more. I would just like us just to, to play a game where we just go fuck the score. Mm. When we get the, <laughs> the first thing you do, if you get if you take a mark, the first thing you do is turn around and you play on. And if you turn yeah. around and there's no one there's no one forward on the ball. And you kick it, and you kick it to a to a spare. Okay, fuck it. Just we'll wear that. But the the thing is, if the playing group know that the plan is get it move move the you know do what Richford won three premierships on just hacking the ball. They didn't give a shit where it went. Mm. They just kicked, they just moved it forward and just go right. We're going to kick it forward. We know we're going to turn the ball over, but we're going to commit to pressure and harass to try and get it back when we do. Um, it was pretty. Um, yeah, we are. Yes, Bender. Yep, fuck off. Um, uh, but just, you know, the Richmond game plan was pretty ugly, but you can't yeah. deny it was effective. I fucking hated it. No, absolutely. Um, but, you know, just try things. We've got – we can't get any worse. No. So just, I, I, okay, I, love, I love your comment there, Keith. Just play for fun. Imagine it's under 15s again. Yep. And you know what? There's no guarding of grass. You're going to play man on man. And, and we're going to play accountable football. And we're going to have fun. And I think and, gonna... and I think if you if you strip it back, um, Collingwood's success was largely built on, on that. And it's mm. it's morphed into something else because playing for fun actually worked. And they're having, they, they did that. They had fun. And now they've got the belief in it that now it's it's become second nature. So, um, you know, and that's the sort of thing that can come with a new coach where someone lets the reins loose. Maybe, you know, we can have a bit of a reflection and just say, let's just, just let the guy play. You know, someone mm. like Jessa, just say, look, or even, even Jimby, just say, look, don't worry about your man so much. Just go find the fucking footy. Just instead of, I, I, I the problem at the moment in a lot of respects is we're very reactive. So our midfielders, yes. our mids, are, they're worried about their man, so they're following the man into the contest. Um, our, our backs are starting behind the man and they're following it. So we're getting, our defenders are being led to the ball. Um, our forwards aren't committing to the lead because we don't know if we'll win it. So there's they're holding back the loads, which means if we do win it, we're kicking to a stationary one-on-one or two-on-one contest. Um, so stuff like that. I think um, Chester had a really shitty first half. I thought he got back into the game a little bit after the second half time. was all right. Uh, yeah, he yeah. might as well um, not have played in the first half, but his second half so, was visible, you know, prominent. There's, there's something with that where you say, look, mm. just, just let the guys play. Um, try and find, try, it's hard when you're losing to find enjoyment, but maybe just do that and just go, mm. right, let's just move the ball forward as as we as quick as we can. If we haven't got the footy, I think the other thing, I can't remember where I saw it highlighted, but we're getting too many guys sucked in too close to the contest. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't trust each other in the contest. They told us about it all it might, someone, it might even be someone posting it on, on, on the forum during the week. And I said, basically, we're, we're getting too many guys sucked into contests. So when the ball pops out, 
the oppo have got they've got numbers on the outside and we're and we're shot so we've got to do that and then that's where i think when we're looking at things to do um if we're going to commit to simo well then we need to look at the assistance and i know asterix you've posted a couple of times about yeah maybe knights might not be the answer with the midfield guys um and maybe he's not maybe we need a different um different but those changes can't made those changes can't be made until the end of the year um Mm. i think ultimately in the short term like we touched on and we will end up with a broken record i think there needs to be a circuit breaker and i think the best thing for the club would be um nisbet standing aside and we can turn around and we go look nisbet's been wonderful for the club i don't think i think we shouldn't lose sight of that he's been there for he's been there for 30 years he was there early 90s when we became a powerhouse so I don't think we should gloss over what he's done, but you can also congratulate him for what he's achieved, but then also say he's stayed longer than he should have. In all in all honesty, he should have left in 2019 when we moved into um, Mineral that was a good time for him to have left. We just won a flag. We've moved into new premises. It's time to time to move. And he said he was going to once we're done the deal. Hmm. Yeah. Once, and that, once and we've done when, Optus, once we've done when, Mineral Resources... Yeah, if there's a problem... Hardest thing for a CEO is to know when to go. Yeah, and I think of of all the consequences of COVID, one of the worst ones was that he felt he needed to stay around to see us through. Hmm. Um, And that's, you know, that's where he... um, So now now we've got to find a new... We, we we do. We need to find a new CEO. I don't know who that is, um, but there's there's plenty. It's and a I don't job. Know. Oh, it, it's a very it's a very good job. I mean, I, I would I wouldn't be unhappy if we um uh got Christina Matthews on the phone and asked her what she's up to and whether or not she's happy with cricket anymore. She's done a really good job with WA cricket, and we could do worse than um, cherry pick her. Right, well, let's move things back onto the field somewhat, and it might be the circuit breaker that we need. Get out of the guys in Twitch, by the way, who are uh, just largely amusing themselves in the comments and getting annoyed that I'm not throwing up their uh, their smut and their filth onto onto these beautiful screens here. I wouldn't dare. But the mid-season draft, Asterix, we've got you on on a good time because next Wednesday, and by God, the Eagles are in a prime position yet again to have a pick, multiple picks, however many picks they want, really in the mid-season draft. We've got options. We can put guys on the long, long-term injury list. Jai Cully was a bit of a, well, a gift, really. I mean, people were talking, hey, if he had have been in the upcoming draft, he might have gone in the top 20 or top 25 sort of range, something like that. That's a free late first, early second round pick. The Eagles come into this draft with the opportunity to take as many guys as they want. There's a bit of a, a range of talent. Talk us through it. What do you see in this draft? What do you see for the Eagles? And is there a guy there that's a, a bit of a freebie or is it more about building that depth and getting an early look at some of these guys? So my overall assessment, and I also talked with East Coast Eagles and Monica. We went to the QT rooftop last Friday and had a good chat about it all. Um, this mid-season strength looks more like um, we can pick up additional um, players such as West or Clark. doesn't look like there's another Cully there for me. Um, who are we linked with? We're, um, we're linked with Marich, who's a third tall, about a 193, um, doing pretty well. Missed out on the draft last year, um, but he's having a very good year. Do we want him? That's the Waterman role. Would I rather walk um, Georgiades through to the, the draft, the, the mid-season or the pre-season draft? Whatever, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's a great... It's getting depth. Um, there, there are three possible... You know, three or four others out there I just want to raise up. Elliot's a keeper for our position forward. He's the son of Elliot the cricketer. Um, had an injury last year, which is what dropped him back in the, in the draft and saw him undrafted. And he's, he's looking the goods. He's a possibility. Key position forward, as I said. Um, Kobe Ryan's another one. Now, he's a running halfback from South Australia. I think... Phil W. West Coast Eagles have put up. Um, he's very immature and he's a bit selective when he goes, but when he does go, uh, he, he's he's got some skills and pace and so forth. He could be quite good. Has he changed? I don't know. I haven't watched enough South Australian football so far. Um, and the other one is Clay Tucker, a ruckman. Now you can see with I, I feel with Bailey Williams and with Jamison and possibly with Barnett, what we've got ourselves is a is a second ruck, and we're looking more as their keeper positions. But Clay Tucker, could he be the answer? Hey, it's a pretty it's a pretty cheap. Let's let's try him and be a eighteen month. Hopefully, bring him on board and then see whether there's potential. And the other one that says to me is. 
Oh, it's a bit of a long shot, but um, Robert Hansen Jr., a slippery little forward. Um, oh, he's, he's got some tricks. He's good. Um, that could be in there. Now, a couple of Claremont boys I know posters are interested on. Buller, um, I got. I think he's dead. he's a great waffle player. Two problems with him. I don't think his athleticism is there for the AFL, and he's not accurate enough. Um, I've seen about three of his games live this year. Uh, and he's and he's good, very good at waffle. I don't think it'll translate to AFL. And Gilbert, the um, halfback who did his horrid uh, broken leg, oh, piss off, Bombard. <laughs> the club's success has been built off Claremont players. Gilbert, the halfback, um, he's still playing resis. He's not really confident in his body yet. He hasn't, he hasn't nominated. He hasn't nominated, okay. Well, he's done the right thing because he, if anything, would be a supplemental draft prospect at the beginning of next season. Um, so there's some names for you. I'd only take one. Okay. Um, oh, you, you won yourself back, Bombard. Uh, I'd only take one um, purely because there's no point in having list clogs. Well, maybe two. If, you, if we're going to take marriage, you take maybe a Tucker and say, like, let's, we're, not, we're not discarding at the end of the year. Um, alternatively, we're just, we, we could put another strategy that says we're going to bolster the, the Beagles. So we're not going to pick any West Australians because they may not get cleared to play for the Beagles. Yep. And we go for the Victorians. And by crikey, we could do with some height. So Elliot and Tucker would make a lot of sense if you were wanting to bolster the, the Beagles or maybe Marich as a key forward and have someone alongside of uh, Jack Williams as a partnering going forward. That's, that's That could work as well. Uh, Keys, how do you want to see him approach it? Just get new bodies through the door or are you just going to end up with more of the same, not to be I, disrespectful, I think... but those sorts of guys, you know? Without without speaking about specific players necessarily, because Asterix sort of summed them up and he knows mm. far more about it than what I do. Uh, it's, it's more a question of how many picks we decide to use and whether or not there's relevance. I've heard, you know, there's been discussion in the media we should be taking at least two and maybe even three um, because there's no point There's no point playing some of these guys late in the season for three or four games because we don't know. I think it's important for someone... Um, going into the back end of the year, some of these guys who have got injuries, I think we need to see some of them play in the back end of the year to see what we've got with them. So like we, at the end of the year, we're going to have to make calls on senior players as to what we do with their contracts. So Nat Nui, for example, we need to see if he can get back on the park, if he can stay on the park. Once he gets back on, can he stay on there and what level of footy he's capable of playing? Because at the end of the year, we need to make a decision whether or not we back him for another year or not. Um similar with Cripps and possibly similar with Cole because we're now in the second year of Cole basically riding off a season with an ankle injury. We need to see if he can get back on the park and stay on there because if he can't, then we need to we need to make decisions what we do with those guys' contracts. Um, is Cole, Cole's contracted though? Yeah, he is, I, as is that new. I, I know he, I know, and Cole's actually contracted. One of, the, I think, one of the sillier things we did was we contracted Cole for three years. Three, yeah. In twenty twenty two, when he was actually out with an injury, that should have been a two year deal. Now I don't know what money he's on or anything like that, but we need to see. And we need those guys coming out of rehab. You need to give them some some light in the, the tunnel. So, well, okay, when you, you know. When you come good, you can get to play. Players want to play, I think. So you don't want to sort of just knock a guy on the head and say, no, fuck it, we're not one to play you. I think Jermaine Jones is probably going to be out for the season. I think yeah. they're still waiting on information as to whether or not you know, it's, it's, it's a... Um, Cindy Moses, and I know because I'm married to a Cindy, Cindy, Cindy's can be a right bitch, and I know she's listening, so she can put up her argument to the contrary. There we go. Um, a little bit of Go find me divorce page. Where do we pay? Bloody hell. So we, we need, if he needs surgery, well, then there's only, what, 13 weeks left in a year. So he's, yeah. if he has surgery, that's him. So we, we can. Bullshit. You think we're not playing finals? <laughs> well, it'll be a fair fucking form, form reversal if we do. So oh, we're getting we, the cavalry back though, aren't we? We we probably need to be looking at. I think we should look at two yep. in the mid season draft. Um, and at the very least, I think we probably should put Jones on the on the LTI and have a and look. Cully. Um, yeah, Cully and Jones, and then maybe not commit to taking a second pick, but have a look at who's left because some of the guys that like you missed, they might not be there. But have a have a look to see who's left there. The other thing that 
um, it's not a long-term solution, but it might be a short-term, is we look at someone like Quinton Narkel. At a very minimum, he's a mature body that can play in the waffle. He's only nominated a six-month contract, so we get another body to help out the waffle side at an absolute minimum, I think. And if I, I don't... I don't particularly like it, but um, it might be something that just gets us another body to help us through the waffle through the back half of the year. It depends what we're drafting for. If we're drafting to strengthen our waffle, sure. The thing about Cully, though, we were drafting to get ahead of the next draft and get mm. someone who we thought had real AFL capabilities yeah. or prospects to get up there. So in that sense, I'd be looking at Hanson, Tucker or Elliot and say, let's get them on board and let's get them ahead. And that can help us that we don't have to take, yeah. I don't know, if we get Tucker, we don't have to take a late Ruckman um, in the draft. We've, we've already taken our Ruckman midway through the year. Mm. If we're taking Robert Hanson Jr., again, I'm not... I'm not thrilled on him, but um, yeah, he's he's a decent slippery half forward with a lot of lot of small forward with a lot of skills. If that's the case, and we're getting ahead of the draft, I'm okay. But I have a I would only go a six months because we've got enough list gloggers in true. Oh yeah, I was going to say so whoever we take with a second pick if we use it should only be on a six month contract, not not eighteen. Um, I don't know. America's nominated eighteen months, so if we would take him. Uh, when they're to commit to 18 months, I think Jack Buller's only commit has only taken a six month option. Yeah, but I kind of like I kind of like Marrick uh, in terms of someone to take a, a bit of a pun on. Um, I see him as not the same type of player, but a similar situation to Cully as a guy who wasn't ready to be drafted six months ago, but done a bit of work and improved himself so that now he's in the um, now he's in the mix. And I think the fact he's from Victoria. Blocks out that sort of any need to suck up to a WIFL club beginning to play for us. Right, very nice. Well, we'll move things along and whip through heroes and villains because uh, hero nominations. I am fresh out. Asterix, any heroes this week? Yeah, Jack Williams oh. for getting back on the park. Good luck to him. Well done, Jack. Keys, I mean, heroes? injuries, it's tough. I think there was someone who crossed through my mind, but no. Nah. Oh, um, we talked pre-show. Noah Long. He's he's good. He's good with good handball. It was the highlight of the day. It was a handball from Noah Long. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah, good. And I might say Simo for remaining poised and and everything like that in a really really tough situation uh, a couple of nominations coming through we got long here getting back on the park and picking up where he left off ryan daniels is a hero nomination uh bucks or eddie i don't know if that's hero nomination hardwick maybe these are heroes maybe these are villains it is unclear uh i reckon we just give it to jack williams why not seems a good kid yeah, yeah. probably the only is one all year very nice very nice right villains even better uh Who's going first? Asterix? I don't really have any that are not going to be covered, I'm sure. So any any particularly villainous bullshit this week, Asterix? That ass white John Ralph. He's got <laughs> enough problems at Richmond that he can go and get stuffed as far as I'm concerned. He's got shit all that he knows what's happening at the club. And he comes out with these grandiose statements. Go back to the hun, you little shit. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because, yeah, he was... Um, he There was an article I saw today. Um, I don't know if it was he wrote it or he was comments from um, Fox Footy last night. But he was critical of um, West Coast because we gave away too much for Kelly. And, What's this, the Kelly you know, shit again? Fuck. It was, Fuck it, was a, it was a dumb trade and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay, well, there's, like, with the benefit of hindsight, yep, the Kelly trade didn't work out. At the time, it made sense. I'm glad we did it, but it, blew, it, it kind of blew up in our face a little bit, and we'd be better off with those. So, fine. If you want to take that viewpoint, go ahead. If that's if that's your argument, I'm not going to necessarily pin you for that. But in the same fucking article, the dumb C-word um, said, we should have gone after Luke Jackson mm. and do the exact same thing he was critical of us for doing for Kelly. Why would we have thrown away draft picks for Jackson at this point in our cycle? I mean, you, you can do, you can say, we should have gone for if you say yeah we were right to go after Kelly and then you can say we were right we should have gone after Jackson but you can't say we were wrong to go after Kelly and then criticise us for not going after Jackson yeah it's that they haven't done anything to try and bolster their midfield and yeah. also they overpaid for Tim Kelly 
it's, and, and it's, uh, it's all, glorious. There's a lot of haunt. There's a lot of. I mean, yeah, we're in the shit. There's a lot of hindsight stuff, and you look at it, our draft picks and how we've. Um, I was told not to, Andrew. <laughs> there was. Um, there might have been a bit of a word going around about maybe ease up. <laughs> A um, lot of hindsight stuff and saying all the mistakes we made. I've not mm. seen one person, and I reckon they wouldn't even know, but back in 2017, we traded our future first-round pick to mm. Gold Coast for their future second-round dream grab, which, as it turned out, we moved We got, th- we got three second-round draft picks. We got Ryan, we moved, and Alan, we moved, and Patch. We, we moved back our sum total of two spots in the draft in 2018, yeah. and in return, we got the draft picks that hand down to us Oscar Allen, Luke Ryan, and Jack Petricelli. Now Liam Ryan. Uh, oh, yeah. You've been you've been you've been secretly watching Fremantle, haven't you, Keith? Oh, no, <laughs> no I've, just, I've, just, I've just had BT hooked up into my veins. Um, so it was as much as a Kelly one you can criticise, but hmm. I reckon if you ask John Ralph what, and, and you have to remember, at, in 2017 when we did that trade, the general consensus in the media was we were stupid because we were on the way down and we were coughing up a top 10 pick in what was supposed to be a super draft in 2018. Now, I'll tell you what, and had that 2017 draft worked out a little bit better, mm. we may have ended up with Alan, Kelly and Ryan. Mm. I think but, Fox footy probably gave us a C- minus for our activity in draft and trading in 2017. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Look, we've made, we've made mistakes with our draft picks. We, we picked up, like, you know, Brandon was a bust. We, we muffed that and we haven't. You know, we've, we've got a lot of second and third round picks that, you know, you'd like to revisit. Haven't kicked but on. The yet. reality is, is we've, for, there's, a, there's a hole in our list because we were successful for a long time and we didn't have great, we didn't have top 10 draft picks. We didn't quite use our seconds and thirds as well as we might have. But, yeah, that's. Well, we, anyway, we, lost, we yeah. lost out in a tough draft pick in, in Venables going early. Yeah, we lost yeah. out in a draft pick in Brander being a, 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 a failure. But I think it still comes down. The Pyman still goes for his nice athletic schoolboy school captains who don't oh, win their yeah. own football. And that's yeah. that's I, why I our we, draft, yeah. our yeah, we, we've, we've got some ones where, you know, those picks in their 20s and 30s, a lot of those haven't worked out, unfortunately. But um, but the problem, I'll go back. John Ralph, you're an idiot. So he's a villain. Um and I'm going to do what's probably a weekly nomination for me. It's the West Australian. Like, you just get in the fucking bin. I'm sick of them. Um, I, I reckon some of the stuff that's coming out of there, I, it's, it's hard to know whether there's people in the club that are leaking to them or they're just straight out making shit up because it's fun. And they can absolutely get in the bin. And there's stuff that um, it's not just us. There's some stuff they're writing about Fremantle mm. that Fremantle have actually been quite aggressive in coming out and just saying that is just complete fucking tosh. You're just making shit up. Don't worry, Keith. The West Australian's going to be fixed because I believe they've headhunted uh, Kane Corns to come in as head of sport. Well, here we go. We've got a late hero nomination, and I want to endorse this one as well. Jason, in the comments here, the hero was the team that flogged Kane Corns' team. So they've been doing like a bit of a ex-player. I saw Mundy got involved. You know, like a bit of a draft situation yep. probably for some gambling company, I'd, I'd guess. But uh, Kane Corns got drafted and went along, played some country football, and his team lost by 190 points and that is just the most poetic pristine he went they did a draft he went last he came on down have a kick in the country 119 point loss so uh whoever that was oh, that's just yeah, isn't that's that great that's, yes, that's lovely all 2070 uh now one last villain nomination which is sort of a culmination of a few comments here stitched together just the look. I know it's the media cycle. I get it, but uh, obviously we've had Clarkson step away, Hardwick step down mid-season, all of this sort of stuff, and people are talking about who'd be a coach. It's such a tough job. Blah blah blah. They've got all the we've talked about it before. The soft cap issues not being replenished and all this sort of stuff. Such a tough gig. You're always on. You you have to front up every day. Anyway, coming after after the break, uh, boy Michael Voss is really in trouble. Is he the next coach on the hot seat? We're going to go around the panel and ask if it. Jesus Christ, guys! You're trying to get yeah. a coach sacked every other minute, and then you're trying to play the sympathy card. I understand the way the machine works, but like, good God, you don't get to play the sympathy card when you're the one with the knives out. Yeah, you can't talk about mental health and then just keep continuing going after coaches. That's just mm. bullshit. Do you, do you know, this is this is um, AFL 360. 
I remember there was Robbo and, and Jared having a debate after who was it that got caught? The the guy that went to um Stevens, Stevenson. He got caught mm. betting. Yeah. And we're going to a break. Yeah. Tad touch followed yeah. by sports bet. And I thought, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you get <the> critical <laughs> ass wipes. <laughs> Nah, yeah. disingenuous Fantastic. bullshit. I reckon that's I reckon that's some villainy right there. There is a little bit of football to discuss, guys. Asterix, you can lead us off. It's round 11. We play Essendon. We have some ins, and in the scheme of where our list is at, they're absolute godsends of ins, assuming that they can all get through a game. We've got Barass, we've got Luke Edwards, we've got Shannon Hearn, and we have Elliot Yo. The outs are Chesser, Harry Edwards, Jermaine Jones, and Exxon. Uh... We'll talk about Chester in just a second. Waffle experience versus AFL experience versus whatever, whatever. I mean, look, we have just come off a horrendous loss. Arguably, if not definitely, our worst loss in club history. The ins are nice. Essendon are funny. It would probably be the funniest game all year to win. But I mean, what what, what are we looking at here? What's your gut feel walking into a game like this? Despair. Despair. I, I, I like the idea on one hand about Chester going back and being omitted to play in the waffle because he's got to get and find the ball. But I'm not sure he's got anyone to really play with in the waffle that'll hmm. be strong enough to help him play a game. So I'm I'm conflicted on that one. Um, oh, look, this 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 is... I probably would have brought Yo back through the waffle just because of match match committee integrity. Um, give him give him a time and give him some game time and and yeah, stop rushing him in. Um, Luke Edwards and Tom Barras, well, they were a sickness, they were an illness that came out late. And Shannon Hearn, look, he's played enough so far this year that he's yeah, I, I I'm I'm a bit ah on Shannon Hearn because too often he goes back to his kick it long right or kick it out to the pockets or when it's generally in play he looks for that cheeky little bullshit kick backwards still and he's struggling out of out of out of those guys he's he's the one probably struggling the most that I've seen or maybe I've just I'm I'm looking for it so I see it I don't know could well be I think it's a bit of the consensus he seems to the ball slows down a little bit when it gets to him rather than him driving us off half back which is what you design he's got a beautiful kick can he read yeah, the yeah, play yeah, well and he can hit targets? Just start taking them. I, I loved I loved that um, highlighting of Andrew Gaff mm. on the weekend where they showed and they said, look, Gaff is just a momentum killer. Here are two players in the open he could have kicked to. Not only did he kick wide, he kicked 10 metres back towards the goal. So the yeah. guy's running in the other direction and can't high. even take the mark, run on it, and actually maybe even hoof something all the way through. It wasn't the even that bad of an option. It's because he skied it. If he had to put it on him in front of him and he's running through to a well, goal. in front of him. That's the whole Jermaine thing. Jones has two goals. But yeah, yeah, it was shocker. So, so look... I just think our game plan's not good enough with the players being able to play it, that it's going to be a debacle. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. I can't really uh, begrudge that coming off a 20-goal loss to Hawthorne Keys. We've talked many a time on this podcast about, like, oh, could they, might they? They can't, they won't. All I will argue is, is this the funniest game that they could win for the rest of the calendar, or is there... Maybe the Collingwood game might be a bit funny. Collingwood what, game. What would, yeah. Well, the funny, the funny thing is, we're playing... We're back to back. We're playing Essendon and Collingwood, who the two sides we actually beat last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good God. <laughs> so, so that would be there's eight, and I did see a I did see a stat like we've won eight of our last ten against Essendon. Essendon which, fans are shitting themselves on Twitter. It is the funniest yeah, thing. It's quite it funny. It is so and hilarious. The, the, the other thing which is a. a yeah, I, I, it was going to be one of my villains of the week because I did say there's some crazy thing where it's um, Essendon have come to WA about the last six years and we haven't been to mm. Melbourne. One mm. of those crazy fixture sort of things. It's like us always playing Brisbane and Brisbane. Essendon always seem to get us here. Um, but they may anyway, ask for that one because Essendon, I remember going to the Dreamtime at Optus in 2021, I think it was, or 22, um, 21. And there were a lot of Essendon supporters. Mm. And when we playing Essendon, so they could well be asking as Essendon to come to Perth. Yeah, We have played um, them at the Gabba more recently than we have played them at not... Docklands. Last time we played at Docklands was 2017. <laughs> all, 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 all the people, um, it, it's sort of fallen away in, in more recent times, but through, the, uh, through the, the early part of West Coast existence, Essendon were the team 
I oh, hated yeah. the absolute most. Um, yeah. People who are younger might not remember quite so much, but through the through the nineties, Essendon were they were the team that West Coast hated, absolutely hated them. Um, the tying up of the windsock, the tying up of the windsock, the waving of the jumper. Um, Kevin Sheedy pushing the AFL to introduce Fremantle because he's worried about West Coast being too powerful. There's a lot of reasons to hate Essendon. Um, so the breakdown was really nice. We won't get close. If we can stay within 10 goals, I'll be happy. Um, I'm glad we put Chester back to the waffle. I, I hope we don't make Chester sub because I don't think that makes no, any that's... sense. The, yes. the the one who plays most most sense of sub is O'Neill, um, to my thinking. Um, I did hear, I'm begging on about this 6PR interview, big time. Um, Simpson was asked about Yo, Yo coming back into the side. He did say that Yo could have played last week, but they held him off for another for another week. And he did say that Shuey could possibly have played this week as well, but they're holding him over for, for yeah. next week for the Collingwood game. Um, I think in an ideal world, Asterix, yeah, Yo would be coming back from the come back through the waffle. Why didn't they um, play him last week? And oh no, there was no game last week. Yeah, so I think yeah, if there was a waffle game last week, maybe he would have played waffle. Um, it's a risk. Um, if he comes out and he gets injured, well then you know all the questions about our injury management and all that sort of stuff will get raised again. I just hope he gets through the game. I hope that they manage him so that he's not lining up in the centre bounce. He's coming off. I hope he plays off half back. That's yeah. where we play. And no matter how the game's going, we just keep him on half back. Um, or if needed, we push him forward instead, but not not through the middle. Just ease him into the game. And if we don't so, need to do a sub, I, I'd like us to sub Elliot you know, out of the game. So, so um, Keith, if, why fart around and put him in as the starting in the starting followers? Why not just put him on the half back? Because you, you know I, Simpson can't help himself. I, I don't I I've never looked at where guys are named on the team when the teams are now. So I just look at who's playing, who the ins are, who the outs are. Um I'll usually look at the eight the eighteen because whilst it's not concrete, generally no, the eighteen usually. Usually. Usually the eighteen are the ones that play. Um but yeah, I the the positioning on when they're named out, I don't know. I, so the the fact that it was named in the centre, I don't. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, when he lines up, I hope he's lining up. Uh, he's lining up in the D50, um, not in the square. Um, I like Luke Edwards back. I like Barras back and Hearn. Yeah, Hearn. Um, I said earlier, I think Gaff's the player struggling most with the change in game plan. I think Hearn is the player second most struggling with the change in game plan and the way we want to play. Um, and I think as much as I said, I'd like to see Gaff, if we've got players back later in the year, Gaff playing Waffle, if his form doesn't improve, mm. um, I will echo that with Hearn because I think... Um, Witherden, I think, was recruited with a view to taking over Hearn's spot on the side. And I think during the course of this year, he's actually started to, he, yes. he has started to take on that role um, in more convincing fashion week to week. Um, so I would like to see Witherden actually be in a position in time where he actually pushes Hearn out of the, out of the side and we, don't, and we don't need to, to rely on Hearn. Um, I think he he's kind of getting slowed up, and I think you know at some point in time we just announce a retirement game and move on towards the back end of the year. Uh, quick question, Asterix. I'll throw this one to you, and then we'll go around the grounds and do a bit of tipping. Uh, Avishka has said a similar. Uh, sorry, we've got Avishka in the comments and Anthony in the comments saying similar things. Uh, basically, is Yo worth a look forward? Might help us retain the ball inside fifty. Might help with some link-up play. Obviously, a bit of a strong overhead mark, good lead. Anthony similar gives Long a bit of a chop out. He doesn't have to be the one doing all the all the work. For me, I love him as the drive off halfback. We struggled so badly to move the ball off halfback over the last month or so. I think him for halfback for me. But Asterix, is that something you'd explore? We explored it in twenty fifteen or sixteen. I forget when it was. Mm. And he's actually not that good on the half forward flank he's better with the the goals with the with, he's, he's better off the the wing or the half back flank so okay. we've tried it it doesn't work don't keep trying it fair enough well uh, let's and, do and some you, tip right, especially, Badger. especially with um with jones out of the side yeah need someone to provide mm. that bounce off half-back. Well, well the hunt, hunt can do that as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, we've so played Hunt on the wing a little bit more, which... And with it and somewhat, it's a good opportunity yeah. for him with Hearn there. Yeah, yep. No, that's okay. 
Uh, shall we do some tipping then? I reckon let's lead off. I think we. I know where we're all going to go in terms of who might win and who might lose. But uh, I'll I'll say let's do some tipping. But let's also instead of what eagle are you most looking forward to watching, which is what we normally pick. Uh, what role or what change, what attempt would you like to see made? So, for example, I will say that Essendon are going to win. I will say they're going to win by, oh, God, 10 goals, which seems conservative, unfortunately. Uh, and for me, over the last couple of weeks, they have given Petch extended minutes on the ball. And that, for me, is one where I don't know that it's going to take, but I don't really mind. I'm just happy to see that it's they're trying something. He has a tendency to very blindly just try and hit every ruck contest at pace, and I don't care at all. That's great. Because the one time a quarter that it works, it looks great. And all the other times, it's not. we're not actually really losing out on much, given what we're seeing otherwise. It is a huge asset to the Eagles if Petch comes along and we know definitively, yes, we want to give this guy another two-year deal at the end of this year. Petch it has the opportunity of a lifetime over the next 10 weeks or 12 weeks or however long. Just Petch on the ball, that's what I want to see. You know, if, even if it's off a wing or not necessarily at the coalface, I just want to see Petch have a big game and I want to see it in a midfield capacity, not a crumbing forward capacity. Uh, Asterix, who do you who do you like to win this week, and what is the role that you are most looking forward to seeing? Well, it's the the drug rats by a good hundred points. Good. Um, what I would like to see is I'd like to see Bazo line up against Stringer. Okay. Not not expecting him to win, but it's a hard ask and say, son, in the next two years you've got to get yourself to the capability of taking on the likes of Jake Stringer. Now, if he pulls down your pants today, like Glenn Jakovic did with um, with Kerry, put that in the memory bank and um, learn from it. I like it. Very good. Keys? Yeah, I think I touched on it earlier. I think i just like to see us just move the ball at any cost. Just perpetual motion. Just keep it. Just no coming back off the mark. Get the ball, wheel around. If there's no option at the vent, just kick it. Not high into the forward line, but kick it flat and hard and just get... Um, I remember watching a game in 2019, and it was one of the one of the first signs of our, our game was, get, was getting against Port where our game plan was getting unpicked, and yeah. Port just said, we're not going to kick it high because we're going to otherwise McGovern will just mark it. So we're just going to tumble it in and make the guys defend on the ground, and that's what they did. Mm. And they just and we got absolutely torched, and it was the beginning. That game was the beginning of the downfall of the game plan that actually served us really well. Um, but hey, Petch kicked five, so you know it's all good. Yeah, um, I just, I just like to see us just, just move it, just, just run with the footy, go hard, mm. get a free kick, wheel kick. What happens, happens. Um, and yeah, Oscar Allen, good luck to him as captain. Hope he has a has a good day leading us out, and um, uh, he gets, he gets a, uh, he's one for one as captain, but. Uh, par for us in this game is um, is ten goals. Jesus, right. Well, I reckon we'll leave it there. Uh, then, gentlemen, thank you very much. We have had a, a pretty lively discussion tonight. So, Asterix, thank you very much for coming on with thank your you. insights off field, on field. I love that. Keys, as always, genuine pleasure. Thank you. Well, well yeah. managed on your your C bombs, Keys. Yeah, well done, boys. Don't. We've got about thirty seconds left. There's no. I can see that look in your eyes, Keys. I'm not having that. All right. Good job. Uh, comments as well. We've had plenty of comments today and I know it's obviously uh, a few topics of keen interest for everybody. So uh, thank you to uh, all the campaigners on the screen, all the campaigners off the screen. And uh, look, we'll see what happens on the weekend. We'll we'll recap it one way or another and uh, we'll, we'll be back this time next week. Bye for now. Bye.